I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas is already taking bets for the Super Bowl, and this is very interesting. Since 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is white and named Jimmy, there are two-to-one odds he might become a late-night talk show host. Really? <laughs> I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy... F- oh! There are a number of white Jimmies. Oh! Why do you have to bring race into it? Because mm. that's what we do now? Dr. King is whirling in his grave. Um, Sad. And the Chiefs are still a point and a half favorite? Yeah. Point to a point and a half, depending on which uh, completely reputable internet site you go to. I think they win by more than that. I I tell you what, I'm a big Niners fan. One of my best buddies is a Chiefs fan, so I've watched a lot of Chiefs football this season. Plus, they're kind of my team in the AFC. Um, and, uh, And Patrick Mahomes is just so much fun to watch. Their ability to score Bunches of points is is awesome, and he flings the ball all over the field with that rocket arm of his. As I'll just say this: as a Niners fan, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. Um, but you're gonna that's wager? why they play the games. I mean, the Niners have a hell of a good defense and uh, a great offense. Meeting a great defense often looks like an okay offense. So. 
We shall see. Well, two of those. That's why it's a, I mean, that's a long way of stating, look, it's a point to a point and a half spread. That means goodness knows what's going to happen. Two of the stations we do the best on, one's in Kansas City and one's in San Francisco. So we get some sort of wacky bet going? No, that would be idiotic. Kansas City barbecue for some San Francisco something or other. One chowder? Those, uh, chowder bread bowls. There Everybody you go. likes that. Ah. That is delicious. <laughs> I'll mail you your chowder. The mayors have made a bet. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, uh, Alexandria, what's her name? Alexandria AOC. Cortez. Yeah, you know me. Uh, I haven't heard this yet, so I guess we'll discuss it after we hear it, huh? But Las Vegas is our... Oh, wait, no. That's Jimmy that's... Fallon. He's a, that's a white Jimmy. He's white is... and named Jimmy because he's white and a white guy. And what you said earlier, too, I wanted to go back um, to what you said about our left party. We don't have a left party mm. in the United States. Mm. The Democratic Party is not a left party. Mm. Um, the Democratic Party is a center or center conservative party. Mm. We do not advocate for... We do not... We can't even get a floor vote on Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. Not even a floor vote that gets voted down. Mm -hmm. We can't even get a vote on it. Mm -hmm. So this is not a left party. Mm -hmm. There are left members inside the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. that are working to try to make that shift happen. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose if you live on Hawaii, most of America is east. Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, polls show that uh, over half of the Democratic Party calls themselves conservative. Um, she's just, you know, she's fighting the Bernie Elizabeth side of things and trying to drag the party that direction, which you know she gets to do. Yeah, she's claiming that the party is way too far right. Yeah, and needs to come over to her place. Yeah, I don't think Barack Obama could get the nomination anymore. That's how far the party has moved, but it's still yeah. not far enough for her. Yeah. Who was the person going, hmm? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Tahanisi Coates who mm-hmm. was uh, conducting the interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop saying, hmm. <laughs> Number one, your theories of race will ruin America for everyone, Tanahisi. Secondly, stop saying, hmm. 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 Thank you. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, if I had a dollar for every union member I've met who is conservative, traditional in every way but votes democrat same with all the farmers oh i I was gonna you know you read my mind i was gonna say every farmer i've ever known if the democrats didn't have that going for them i don't think they'd win a single election people who are conservative in every single way but their union tells them you gotta vote democrat because we've got we're in they're in the bag for us um what that's politics that's certainly you know that's the politics of big government so I noticed on the TV, I'm looking at the, uh, so as you'll notice up there on CNN, they have listed all day long the Senate trial of Donald J. Trump. Then you go over to MSNBC and all day long, it's listed the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. Uh-huh. On Fox News, it is outnumbered, followed by the daily briefing with Dana Perino, followed by Bill Hemmer reports. Well, I think what I that, that speaks to is just their their lack of uh, competence at alerting the cable companies to what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. Because I happen to know they're going gavel to gavel. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard, don't know. I, I don't heard know. Brett Baer talking about it yesterday. It was pretty funny. He, he essentially said, it's going to be really dry and boring. He said, this is not a good tease. Hmm. I don't know. I was, I was switching around, and CNN was talking impeachment, MSNBC was talking impeachment, and Fox was talking about Ozzy Osbourne's recent interview. All so- aboard! 
I guess Ozzy suffered a fall in his bathroom. You hate when your rock stars suffer a fall. Your rock stars. He is not my rock star. He well, I didn't. Well, okay. <laughs> you don't speak for everybody. The great no. Ozzy. All right. Iron Man. War pigs. Come on. Crazy train. Fantastic. Others. Other um, heavy rock classics. Tell you what, the uh, the the classic rock generation, they're all in their seventies now. Sure. And they're they're going to be going in in large numbers. And then some of those songs I won't ever have to hear again in my life. I don't think exciting. that's the way it works. They don't play it live on the radio, Jack. Those are recorded. <laughs> well, they won't play them on the radio because all the people were dead, right? They were super into it. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works either. So CNN came out with a poll yesterday getting to the... Oh, the fans are passing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when yeah. the fans are gone. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't hear as much uh, Andy Williams on the radio. Unfortunately. people died. Moon River. Good stuff. Uh, CNN released a poll yesterday where we are uh, as a nation in terms of impeachment and kind of gets to why Fox is just running the regular shows and MSNBC and CNN are all day with the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. Uh, 51% of respondents in favor of Trump's conviction and removal, 45% opposed. So it's 51 remove? Of Americans? Yes. 51 remove, hmm. 45 opposed. That is the first time I have heard that number. But it's close enough to an even split and roughly Donald Trump's approval rating. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, but this is the number that's going to matter, I think. 69%, and this is in keeping with other polls, 69% of respondents believe the Senate trial should include testimony from new witnesses. What polls? Which polls? All of them. Okay. Uh, yeah. So well, around two-thirds to 70% of Americans say, yeah, you should have witnesses. It's a trial. Even whether they have any idea what they're talking about or not, That's right. they, they vote. And the senators know that. And that and these polls are out there. So I think there are going to be witnesses. I think it's likely, yeah. And then you're opening up a can of worms. Delicious, delicious, <laughs> moist canned worms. Canned worms. <laughs> mm. Some people like them fresh. I say you're making a mistake. The flavors uh, make friends in the can overnight. Uh, yes, but I tell With you what. Lev Parnas up there for uh, talking his mobster talk. Although, you have to have a majority for each witness, don't you? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I thought it was only if uh, it's either witnesses or not, then you call your witnesses, and then the president would declare executive privilege, and they'd say, okay, well, you can't have that witness. Well, yeah, but if it was just witnesses, yes or no, then you could call 500 witnesses. There's there's hmm. got to be a mechanism for limiting True. it. And the Republicans, while they want to keep this fairly short, allegedly, and, and I'm not 100% sure that isn't, you know, a, a fake to the halfback, uh, you know, a play-action pass, uh, to cite the uh, the football everybody's uh, focused on these days. Um, I, I'm not sure that's not a fake, because if they, if, if witnesses start appearing, they will call Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to make the case that there was a public interest in investigating that corruption in Ukraine. Um, you know, I I personally I, think Trump was into it just because he heard yeah. Sean Hannity saying, why is Trump getting investigated since the day he's elected all the time and the Obama administration? Look at the stuff they got away with, which is, you know, a legitimate point, honestly. Um, but, yeah, we'll have the Biden family. And then we'll have uh, uh, fellow board members of Burisma. Well, it'll. Do you end up with a, and it'll go and go and go. Do you end up with a mad situation then, mutually assured destruction situation where neither one of them wants to launch a missile? 
Because the one side thinks, oh, they're going to call Biden. We don't want that. And the other side is thinking, they're going to call John Bolton. We don't want that. So how yeah. about we just say no to the witnesses? Or, or severely. Quit them and move on with our lives. Severely limited. Here's the way I approach it if I'm Chuck Schumer. Um, I, behind closed doors with Mitch McConnell, I understand that if we just go unlimited witnesses, we'll end up with Hunter Biden and the rest of it, and it'll be a zoo, and and it'll just be insane, and there will be zero chance of impeachment because it'll just be so nuts and get so bogged down into partisan politics. So I agree behind closed doors that uh, we will limit the witnesses. But then the minute those doors open, I come out and shout how... This is insane. This is a miscarriage of justice. We can only call a limited number of witnesses. It's a cover-up. We'll do the best we can. And and it's all... Remember, every single syllable these people utter is politics. But isn't witness number one for the Republicans Hunter Biden? Uh, so if we get it's, any it could, witness... It certainly could be. It's yeah. going to be him. Hunter, yeah. you're a loser. Where's Hunter? I've renamed him Where's. <laughs> Actually, Where, which is on... Um, I think the Jim Jordan yelling at Hunter Biden would be some pretty oh good TV. God. Oh, my God. That would be so good. You don't know anything about oil. You don't know anything about Ukraine. You got a hooker girlfriend. <laughs> you knock up another girl a week after you dump your hooker. <laughs> Scoot on there. <laughs> I'm out of time. No answer. And, of course, the Democrats want to get that Lev Parnas the mobster guy up there and right. uh, have him rattling off all kinds of uh, crimes and misdemeanors. Right. Of Rudy. Right. Yeah, and then there's plausible deniability that Trump just sent Rudy off to do his bidding and didn't know he was going to go nuts. You follow this, sort of. And it's all politics. Remember, it's not a criminal trial. Who's the number one person that the Democrats want, Sean? Is it Bolton? Is that number Um, one? I think Bolton would be the the, the headliner. The big big get. Yeah. Bolton and Mulvaney. Mm. Boy, and Bolton is pissed at Trump for fighting, for firing him. And not listening to him and the rest of it. And Bolton is a proud man. And the one thing you need to know about Bolton is he he's is... He's got a giant mustache. He's a, The second thing you need to know about Bolton is that he is a master manipulator and be, behind-the-scenes player of bureaucracy and power games. And so, you know, he is he is a Cassius. Or, or he's Brutus, rather. No, um, no he has his knife he, out for Caesar. No, no telling what he would say. Going to make a salad of Caesar, if you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, it could be uh, wild and and chaotic and insane. And and I mean, it could get to the point where it's all anybody talks about from from fourth grade classes through the old folks' home, and it doesn't move a single vote of a single senator. That is probably the most likely outcome. Yes, yeah, so let's all just strap ourselves in and prepare for God knows what. Armstrong and Getty. And now the end is near. I need story out of the world is <laughs> an 83 year old woman in a home who has dementia singing a duet there with uh, Frank Sinatra 
She's just singing along, and somebody recorded it, and it's become a pretty big hit in Great Britain, number seven on the iTunes charts. And uh, it's just a nice story. Yeah, it is nice. Makes me think about dementia, though, which is so sad. Yeah. Any of you dealing with it know that. God bless you. barely remembers who she is from one day to the next, but she sings that song and makes her feel happy. Still getting joy from music. That's nice. That's nice, but um, sad. You often Ultimately he- sad. Okay, so I shouldn't have brought it to you. <laughs> Made um, me sad. You often hear, I say this all the time, because it's true, we're the richest country in the world. Why can't we this? Why can't we that? We're the richest country in the world. Why aren't we this? Why aren't we that? Yeah. Why uh, can't we spend this on that? This out of Davos, the distribution of the world's wealth. We are the richest country in the world, and by a lot. <laughs> it ain't even close. Per capita or just total Overall wealth? Tonnage. Tonnage of money. Okay. We I ha- know that's that's how I measure mine. We have a hundred and six trillion dollars. China, number two, barely has a little more than fifty percent of that. <laughs> number two is a little more than fifty percent of our total wealth. Japan's at number three. They got a quarter of our total wealth. So you get down to number three, and it's got a twenty-five percent of our total wealth. It's just amazing. So two and three are still less than us. Yeah. Japan's an astonishingly productive uh, country by capita, per capita. What's the population of Japan, Sean? Could you look that up real quick? I think it's like 200,000 people. Actually, you have to add together 50. You have to add together two, three, four, and five to equal United States. We win. That's astounding how much richer we are as a nation. No wonder we got so much, uh, so many more better bombs to, 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 to obliterate you with. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Of course, you know, the, 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 the richest, you know, 50 of us have most of that. Famously, Bernie will tell you that Bernie, who Hillary is just slagging to death. If oh, yeah, you haven't man. followed that story, we got to hit oh, that again. Oh man, is Hillary badmouthing Bernie? Japan yeah, population good. about 126 million. 126 mil. That's more than I would have guessed. Stay tuned for that Bernie Hillary story. Here's some of the other interesting numbers in here. African nations combined, all your African nations added together for four trillion dollars. Oh man, and we've got we have what? 106, you said? Yeah, but you get way yeah. down the list to, like, United Kingdom has 14 trillion. They're number five. Wow. All your African nations together, $4 trillion. That is that is a continent that just does not do well. That's rough, man. Any, any country you have any particular interest in, or should I move on? His home country in Kenya. You know, I'd be interested, just because I spent many, many moons studying economics and its connection to global politics... I'd like to remove the richest 1% from, for instance, Middle Eastern countries. Um, See where some of which are oil rich, but the, the wealth is concentrated, I mean, really, really tightly in, in a few hands. Oligarchs and such. Um, United States has 30% of the world's total wealth. Seems about right. We are the rich Let's go guy. for 31, everybody. Huh? How about you work an extra 15 minutes today? I think the other countries have too much money. Right. Let's take some Let's of it. Let's do something about that. Let's take it at the point of a gun. Right. Well, wait a minute. Huh? What are we going to do? I'll work them, like I said. I'm I'm an imperialist. <laughs> um, Clearly. Yeah, so... Uh, Fascist. Hillary's saying super mean things about Bernie and, and Bernie's supporters. Yes. So what is going on there? Is it just the Hilda Beast as some caller? And I won't. I, I don't accept that. I think that's insulting. Um, is it just I the, sworn it was you who just said that? Is it just the Hilda Beast bellowing in anger and pride and and slagging Bernie because she despises him, or is she 
the designated pit bull of the Democratic Party, trying to get a moderate nominated. The Armstrong and Getty Show. proud to declare that the United States is in the midst of an economic boom, the likes of which the world has never seen before. We've regained our stride, rediscovered our spirit, and reawakened the powerful machinery of American enterprise. America is thriving. America is flourishing. And yes, America is winning again like never before. That's in front of all the super rich, powerful people there in Davos. How bad a problem is jet lag when you're president? Oh, they have not much. Triple secret drugs that only the Navy SEALs know about. Well, you got a full-on bedroom in your plane. I mean, like your bedroom bedroom. Yeah, but that doesn't help you if, you know, you got to be up and giving a speech at what your body thinks is 2 a.m. Mm. Well, Trump sleeps four hours a day anyway. Oh, that's true. He's got that going for him. If I were president, oh, that'd be a serious issue. I just have to tell your your little countries, your s hole countries, and and your non s hole countries. <laughs> um, s that that word is s hole. Um, I, I would have to uh, I would have to tell them. Look, I'm going to address your parliament. It's a delight. It's an honor, really. But it's going to be at three a.m. All right. When your country has a third of the world's wealth, then we can do it on your time. Yeah, right. this is what right. you do when you roll in your president of the United States. You reset all the clocks to your time zone. <laughs> That's what time it is because yes. I say so. Right. So I'll see you at noon. How do you like that? <laughs> According to this clock. Huh? Actually, for me, I could give a speech at 2 a.m. anywhere. It's at noon that I'm really struggling. Uh-huh. My biorhythms work. Uh, every, really? every speech that I've given at 2 a.m. always says, I just want to say I love all you guys. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> About noon every day is when I'm just... Oh, so the president uh, went on at Davos. Let's, let's hear what the leader of the free world had to say. America's newfound prosperity is undeniable, unprecedented, and unmatched anywhere in the world. Now they're impeaching the son of a bitch. America achieved this stunning turnaround, not by making minor changes to a handful of policies, but by adopting a whole new approach centered entirely on the well-being of the American worker. Every decision we make on taxes, trade, regulation, energy, immigration, education, and more, is focused on improving the lives of everyday Americans. We are determined to create the highest standard of living that anyone can imagine. And right now, that's what we're doing for our workers, the highest in the world. And we're determined to ensure that the working and middle class reap the largest gains. A nation's highest duty is to its own citizens. Honoring this truth is the only way to build faith and confidence in the market system. Only when governments put their own citizens first will people be fully invested in their national futures. In the United States, we are building an economy that works for everyone, restoring the bonds of love and loyalty that unite citizens and powers nations. Today, I hold up the American model as an example to the world of a working system of free enterprise that will produce the most benefits for the most people in the 21st century and beyond. A pro-worker, 
pro-citizen, pro-family agenda demonstrates how a nation can thrive when its communities, its companies, its government, and its people work together for the good of the whole nation. Okay, that's good. Um, he sounds jet-lagged, but I will tell you this. Those of you, uh, particularly on the left, that are repeating that, the idiotic, and it really doesn't serve you to keep thinking this, the idea that people voted for Trump because they're racist. Donald J. just went to the Davos uh, conference there. The most powerful people in the world, the money people. Not the politicians who pretend to be powerful, but the people who actually tell the politicians what to do. He just went there and said, yeah, you can take your global trade and your let's all work together, wink, nod, and you can shove it. I'm here to represent the American worker. And that's my only priority. That's incredibly powerful to the working people of this country. I don't know. Because globalism has not served them. Because news coverage is what news coverage is, I don't know how many people will hear that today, given the fact no. that we've got impeachment going on, and impeachment's a pretty big story, legitimately big story. But he wanted that to be a counter to the impeachment story, that, look, the economy's better than it's ever been. It's the uh, it's the envy of the world. Yeah. Well, and, the rest of you have been dealing with a slowdown. We're kicking ass. And you'll be getting more of it if you reelect me. And then they're trying to impeach the son of a bitch. Even though they're trying to impeach the son of a bitch. Can so, you believe that? Who's going to run against Donald Trump? Well, an interesting little nugget that came out today. There's a docu-series coming out in March. And in this docu-series, Hillary Clinton says about Bernie Sanders. He was in Congress for years. He had one senator to support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney. And I feel so bad that people got sucked into it. <laughs> Now, she said that years ago. The reporter then says, does that assessment still hold? She says, yes, it does. Wow. No softening? No. To a large extent, (laughs) yes, but I will tell you that Bernie has energized a lot of young... No softening at all. That says something. I would think the mainstream media would turn on to to a a certain extent by bad-mouthing people that follow Bernie. Yes, except we only can follow one story at a time, as you just mentioned. Yeah. So this may come and go. But here's my question. Is Hillary just... An angry old lady? Yeah. Or is <laughs> is she part of the Democratic establishment that's been shooting phone calls back and forth? The Clintons and the Obamas and, and the Chuck Schumer and the rest of it, Nancy and the rest of them, talking about, look, we got to kneecap the communists. We all have favorability ratings to protect. Nobody already likes you. I'm, I said that awkwardly. People already don't like you. Why don't you go out and say the things that oh, we can't say? I yeah, see. You're, yeah. Say to Hillary, people already hate you. Yeah. What? <laughs> Me, I got good. polls that I'm trying to protect. Yeah. You, lost cause. We need you to say this stuff. <laughs> well, well, and that's one approach. Or you can flatter her into it. Saying, you're the person who won the popular election. You have the most powerful voice in the Democratic Party. And we're heading for a disaster of McGovern-ing in proportions. George McGovern, who lost every state but his own, um, which was South Dakota, which gets two electoral votes just based on Mount Rushmore being there. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, and, and they could have flattered her into it. Said, listen, you're, you're the best we've got. You're so. still the head of the party, really. Yeah, really. Yes. That Obama fellow, yes. nobody remembers yes. him. That's a, that's a heck of a thing to say, though. Not only about Bernie, but about Bernie's followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was demeaning. 
Very. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I like the theory Sean has of people already hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Me, Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi. I still got political capital. Nobody likes you. You're you're loathed, <laughs> coast to coast. Let's try to turn that into a positive. Exactly. Let's even, make lemonade out of lemons. Even people who don't who used to like you don't like you because you screwed it up so bad. So please, we need a snarling pit bull. Would you Would you accept the position? One more thing on the Democratic race that's not about the horse race but about policy. Uh, so you might have some interest in this. I think it's interesting that Bernie's going so hard after Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is defending or he's like backpedaling over the Social Security in, uh, issue. There are a number of quotes and tapes of floor speeches and whatever out there over many, many years of Joe Biden saying, we need to look at Social Security and it's going to go insolvent in whatever year. We need to make cutbacks or raise the age. And Bernie's killing him on it. Wow. The fact that that's not an easily defended position. Of course we have to make changes to Social Security. Anybody who can do simple math knows that. Right. But he's getting killed on it by Bernie. If Bernie wins that argument, we are Truly doomed. I think we're doomed anyway, but you're right. Yeah, It'll yeah. be undeniable at that point. Yeah. And that's something. It is. How dare you say that just because we live 25 years longer than when they first came up with this program, we should raise the the age of retirement? How right. dare you say that? Right. What? You, well, you just, well, that was great. Uh, call Biden. Give him that line. You can't say that to a, apparently, I mean, the, the, the theory is among strategists, he can't say that to a bunch of old IRO farmers, even though nobody ever talks about taking it away from people currently. Yeah, but it's always pe- in the future. Yeah, yeah, but somehow, and I tell you what, this uh, reminds one of Winston Churchill's argument that the, the best argument against democracy is five minutes with the average voter. Apparently, you can't get people to comprehend that. No, no, no. Listen. Hey, Grandpa, and we're not talking about your Social Security We're check. talking about people who are 22 years old right now in 45 years. They are going to retire at 67, not 65. Well, I was told you're taking my benefits. <laughs> and you're doomed. <laughs> Get your hands off my Social Security check. Keep government out of my Social Security. So, how... (laughs) That's funny. So, how deep does media bias run? How about if a woman, a working woman, a working woman journalist, is brutally raped? Surely, as a progressive journalist, you would be sympathetic to that person. Is there anything that would make you unsympathetic toward that poor victim? Well, maybe there is, and Laura Logan will explain what in a moment. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gonna be a long day of impeachment. We'll have highlights for you tomorrow because there'll be like 12 hours of talking. We'll pick the best stuff out. Yeah, if there is any. Um, and if there's not, we're not going to drone you to death. So, uh, Laura Logan, longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, former 60 Minutes correspondent, absolutely terrific, good journalist. Um, one of our extra large podcasts are with Laura from back in the days, very long, two of them, uh, and are well worth a listen about just being a war reporter and traveling the world. But, uh, she's, uh, been talking lately. She talked to Howard Kurtz on uh, Media Buzz 
about changes she's seen in journalism and bias and that sort of thing, and it's absolutely terrific. Uh, let's do Cut 46 first. Now, you have said, and you got a lot of attention for this, the media are mostly liberal. Did you believe that when you started out many years ago at CBS, or is this a more recent conclusion? You know, what's funny, Howie, is that I've... Uh I just grew up believing that we were all right. <laughs> right all the time. We all agreed with each other. That's kind of what it is. And it's, you know, I, I'm old school. We always believed in being um, skeptical of everybody and doing your job. But I, um, I think many of us are not aware of our own bias because, um, because I never worked in a newsroom where people were not liberal and where people were not democratic. I didn't know, I didn't know anything like that. It, people just didn't identify that way. So there's Even, a certain group think you, you everyone you know agrees with you and therefore that that's most, the right way yeah. most journalists are uh, are liberal that doesn't mean that you are not capable of being objective it just means you might not be aware of the extent of your own bias but do you think all of this has been exacerbated uh, during the trump presidency and especially now during the trump impeachment headed to a senate trial that it's become more overt more blatant well you know the answer to that you know it has right of course it has because journalists are doing things today that they would never have done they're in, in, they would. When, when would you put anonymous sources on who all come from with the same motivation? When would you put them on repeatedly, even when you know that they people have your sources lied to you over and over and over again? Big lies, right? That have, that everybody knows now are not true. Well, you know why would you? do that. In the old days, you wouldn't do that. Why would you report on a dossier that you haven't verified? Especially when that dossier is, you know, the conclusions of it are so damaging and the right. consequences are so significant. You know, those the are things time, that wouldn't have happened before. And then she goes on to talk about how, ex- how extreme, to what extreme places your bias can lead you, which was what I was talking about in the previous segment. I'll just let Lara explain it herself, but it's it's pretty tough to take. It can't be comfortable uh, having your reputation shredded and, and being attacked, sometimes on partisan grounds, uh, after all the years that you have spent reporting around the world. No, not comfortable, not fair, not honest, not right. And, um, and also, most importantly, I'm not the only one. Right. And I mean, I'll just say the most blatant example that I can give is no one disputes that I was uh, raped in Egypt. It took me a long time to even be able to talk about some of the worst details. You of being were raped by a mob you, and you were almost killed. Gang raped yeah. and sodomized over and over and over again. And New York Magazine is quite OK reporting that I was groped. And nobody raises an objection to that. In the and you are suing New York Magazine. Well, I am suing New York Magazine. And you know what? It's uh, apart from the fact that um, you can argue about the motivation for it. It's not factually accurate, is it? It's not my side of the story versus their side of the story. It's actually not accurate. It's not fact. So God, that's incredible. because she has come out as a non-liberal, she will not call herself a conservative. She does, just doesn't think of I'm sure her she's, worldview that way. She's not. No, no, and, and she's not, is the other thing. I mean, when she said earlier, I, I was never in a, a newsroom where it wasn't all Democrats, I think that means, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she was she was very nearly raped to death, um, mostly bleeding from the rape, and um, plus she was beaten, um, but almost died. And because she is not on the reservation anymore, people seek to minimize her suffering and say she was groped. I just that that's a 
astonishing to me. It's something. You know, I've said many times that I believe this, absolutely believe this to be true, that ideology trumps logic all the time. People just get swept up, they get passionate, and it, it turns off their ability to think critically. Um, I think it, it, it absolutely shuts off your decency, too. And, you know, the history of, of you know, humankind makes that an obvious point. Whether you're a Protestant wanting all the Catholics to be killed or the Hutus wanting the Tutsis to be killed or you get swept, swept up in the, the Maoist revolution and you find yourself dragging your parents into the street because they're counter-revolutionary, it's akin to being uh, not counter-racist these days. Um, but, yeah, yeah, ideological passion trumps decency all the time, and that's uh, that's rough, man. Looking forward to our next chance to talk to Laura. She's a fascinating person. Hey, yo, son, this is Final Thoughts with A&G. Finally in touch with the streets. Getting our hip-hop street cred there. It's the sort of thing I used to jam in my uh, Jetta with the blacked-out windows. Lord. He's not kidding. So cool. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. There he is. He makes everything run in the control room. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Yeah, today I'll start aging the cheese, and then I'll travel and get the sour cream, and then find the finest herbs and spices in the countryside for my Super Bowl bean dip coming soon. Oh, yes! Wow, you're going farm to fork this year. (laughs) Or else I'll use Velveeta. That's that's great. Farm to fork Velveeta. (laughs) I might actually uh, break my my intermittent fasting for that. Oh, yeah. That's some good stuff. Positive. Sean, a final thought from you. Yeah, really interesting comments by AOC about how the the Democratic Party isn't left, and I think it's just the, the latest indicator that there are far more than two political parties in america the so problem true. is there's only two voting booths so true well there's several voting booths but we get your point R- uh, right, right oddly enough your syntax was mystifying but your your meaning was perfectly clear jack a final thought i hate to admit it but i'm probably going to follow quite a bit of the impeachment today i think i think well but I'm kinda dip your toe. Huh? Dip your toe. If it lasts six months and it's like ten hours a day for six months, Whoa. though, it just... Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> I tell you what, today, if you're not familiar with this, it's all about the rules and procedures. They're going to they're gonna start in the weeds and head through the swamp and into the tar pit of Senate Arcania. McConnell just announced we're going to get the rules agreed upon before we leave today. Meaning... I'm locking the doors and not letting you out. It's a good way to shorten some speeches. You in your coffee mug. It's a good way to shorten some speeches so people don't think, oh, we can do this for days. No, 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 no. We're getting this figured out today. Yeah, but if your favorite media outlet's going wall to wall, good luck. (laughs) Oof. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The podcasts are there. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, clicks and articles and things we referred to, there they are. I see Ted Cruz brought his beard to the impeachment hearings. Oh, that's good. They're already taking their first break. Anyway, see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Even though they're trying to impeach the son of a bitch. Armstrong and Getty.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.